Lord, thank you so much for loving us enough to give us this lesson. Thank you so much for loving us enough to walk us through it, to help us to understand your heart more, to help us to understand who we are, to help us understand your heart for us and how you created us and who you created us to be. We thank you, Lord, that you don't have one sour feeling about us. You don't hold one sour emotion about us. You just love us. Hallelujah. And you take pleasure in our prosperity. And you are equipping us with the revelation of humility so that we can experience more of your prosperity. For this, we thank you. Lord, we know that there is no condemnation to us in places that we've fallen or in places where pride is being revealed to us. Um, we thank you for loving us enough to show us and to correct us and to love us through it and not to us, point your finger at us and shake your head disapprovingly. We thank you that you are just showing us the ways of your kingdom. You're showing us how to prosper in your kingdom. Hallelujah. You're showing us how to increase our capacity to receive from you. You're showing us um, how to increase in our proficiency and efficiency in operating in the kingdom. We thank you. We thank you. We come with hearts that are sensitive towards you, ready to hear from you ready to receive what you say. So Lord, as we meditate this word, as we chew on it, as we swallow it, we ask you to help us to digest it so that we obtain the, the nutrients from it properly and we get the maximum benefit out of it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And why does God hate pride? Because According to Proverbs 11.2, um, pride brings emptiness and shame. As a matter of fact, in the Amplified Classic, it says something to the effect that when swelling and pride come, emptiness and shame follow. Um, and we know that emptiness and shame is not God's desire for us, especially when we read John chapter 10, verse 10, the second part of it, in the King James, um, Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have life more abundantly. In the Amplified Classic, it says something to the effect of, I came that they might have life in abundance until it's, in, 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 until it's full, until it oh, overflows. Folks. Yeah, life in abundance to the full till it overflows. That doesn't sound like emptiness and shame to me. All right, and then we talked about how um, pride brings destruction and a fall. Proverbs sixteen eighteen says that pride goes before destruction. Yeah, and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's not God's desire for us to meet with destruction. It's not God's desire for us to fall. In Proverbs twenty nine twenty three, it says that a my a man's pride causes him to be brought low. And I'm just paraphrasing these scriptures. Um, a man's pride causes him to be brought low. 
And that is not God's desire for us. And so now we're looking at the blessing because this is God's desire for us. So we're looking at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 in the Amplified Classic. Are you ready, Shalom? Yep. Will you please read it? Yep. If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Well, what you say now? What you say now? He said he'll set us high above all nations of the earth. But there's a condition. It says, if you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments. And so this was Old Testament. They had to obey or else. Well, Jesus has already fulfilled that obedience for us. We can obey because he has obeyed. But now let's look at it on this practical level where humility is concerned and what Shalom said. Hey, if God tells me to do something, with God all things are possible. I can do it. I just have to do what he says. Well, that's what this is saying. If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments. Just do what he says. Then we'll get to the end. It says, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. High is the opposite of low. Low, 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 low. There's a commercial that goes low, 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 low. Talking about the prices in a grocery store. That will probably be edited out. So anyway, um, when we, when we are obedient, when we walk in humility, God will exalt us high. But when we walk in pride, we'll be brought low. So God's desire, God's will is not for us to be brought low, but for, us to, for him to exalt us and lift us high. Why? For his glory. So people will know that he is our God to establish his covenant in the earth so that we can get everything that he promised. Mm -hmm. And actually Jesus established that. So when we receive Jesus, make him our Lord, then we have received everything God promised. But the way we access it is through our obedience. My, how the Lord did that. We've been trying to transition into obedience for two weeks now. And look at how that just went there. Sure. Humility is the outworking of obedience. Pride. Pride is the opposite. It brings disobedience. Because, now I'm going to go back to the example Shalom gave. She said that um, she got to the point that when God told her to do something, she would remember, I can do what God says I can do. And she said, okay, God, I trust your judgment. When she said, I trust your judgment, that was the moment of humility. In other words, I'm going to trust your judgment about me, and I'm no longer going to hold on to my judgment about me. So when she said, God, I trust your judgment about me. If you say I can do it, then I can do it. If you have the confidence in me to do it, then I have the confidence in me to do it. And she stepped forward and she did it. When we do what God says, 
That's obedience. That obedience came as a result of her humbling herself before God. Obedience is the outworking of humility. Now, what Shalom has shared with us um, several times in previous lessons and previous weeks is that she says, well, I don't think, in talking about pride, she says, well, I don't think more highly of myself than I ought to. I don't, I don't I, I'm on the side of thinking I can't do it. But when God tells us we can do something and we say we can't do something and our opinion of ourself is higher than God's opinion of us, then that's still thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to because we're saying our opinion of ourselves matters more than God's opinion of us. You remember how we said the definition of humility is having a realistic view of our own importance, A, in the sight of God, and B, in comparison to God. In comparison to God, he is our creator. We are the creation. The creation never comes above the creator. So when our creator says that we can do something, we remain under him. This is the lowly part of humility. That's why it's lowly, but not unworthy. Lowly in comparison to, to God. God created us a little lower than the angels. Psalm 8, 5. But that word angels in Hebrew actually means Elohim which is God himself. So God created us a little lower than himself. So we are to remain lowly. We are to remain beneath him. His thoughts supersede our thoughts. His ways supersede our ways. And so when God says we can do something, we're to say, yes, Lord, I can do it. But when God says you can do something, and we say, no, Lord, I can't do it and we act on our thoughts, we're putting ourselves above God, that's pride. That's pride. And guess what? And I'm just now seeing it. The Bible says pride goeth before a fall. But when we are acting on our own opinions of ourselves, we no longer have God here as a covering. God is not covering us. We don't have a cover. And then when we're walking in our own ways, instead of walking in God's ways, he's not going to be here to support us when we fall. So God just steps out of the way. He doesn't leave us. He just steps out of the way. And so when our way doesn't work, shoop, we are brought low. That's pride. So our creator says, you can do this. We say, no, I can't. We put ourselves above God. And then when we say, no, we can't, do you think we're going to step out on what God says we can do? Or we're not going to step out on what God says we can do? We're not. We're not going to step out on what God says we can do. And when we don't step out on what God says we can do, are we being obedient or are we being disobedient? Disobedient. Disobedient. So just like humility works out obedience, pride works out disobedience. And that's when the emptiness and shame come. That's when destruction comes and a fall comes. And that's when we are brought low. And also, we haven't looked at the scripture before, but let me go ahead and introduce it. 
Proverbs 15.25. Yeah. Proverbs 15? Yes. Verse 25 in the um, Amplified Classic. Just the first part of it, please. The Lord tears down the house of the proud. Okay, that's good. That's good. Thank you. The Lord tears down the house of the proud. You remember the Tower of Babel? Yep. He said, oh, let's go see about this. He said, no, 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 no. <laughs> he tears down the house of the proud. So what does that say about pride? It says that what we attempt will not succeed. What we attempt will not succeed because we're not doing it his way. We're not doing it his way. I'll give you an example. You all have heard me testify about my landlady in the Virgin Islands before and just how I know that God placed her there for me. But the situation is that um, there has been a period where I have not been able to, not, no, no, no. There has been a period where I have not paid her rent um, and it's because the finances had not been there. When I went to tell her about it in the very beginning of this season, you know, I told her, I said, Miss Kathy, um, today's the first of the month and I don't have your rent. And she said, well, tell me what happened. And so I told her, I said, you know, and I, I prayed, I asked God, I had just come back off of a mission trip. And I had asked God, okay, I'm back now. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to go back to work? Do you want me to tutor? Do you want me to, what, what do you want me to do? And the only word God gave me was wait. And so that's what I told her. I said, Miss Kathy, I prayed about it. I asked God and I just don't have it. And God told me to wait. And she looked at me and she said, well, honey, if God told you to wait, you wait. Because sure, you could go out and get a job. Sure, you can make money. Sure, you can do that and you can pay the bills on your own. But for how long? If God told you to wait, he has a plan for you. You wait. And I honestly believe that had I gone out and gotten a job and gotten finances on my own and this, that, and the other, yes, my rent would have been paid. But the thing that God was trying to accomplish in me would not have been. And even I believe the thing that God wants to bless Miss Kathy with for her being a blessing to me in this way, I would have, I would have taken that away from her because I would have handled it in my own power. And God wouldn't have been able to bless her through me as he wants to. But not only that, this is what I'm receiving right now by the Holy Spirit. If I had chosen to go out and get a job and pay the rent myself, Whereas things are fine in our relationship right now and everything is good with the apartment, everything is good. I believe that if I had gotten money with my own plans, that there would be problems with the relationship or there would be problems with the apartment or there wouldn't be peace being there or whatever because I had tried to, oh, this is so good. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Because I had tried to do it on my own outside of God's will. This scripture says, the Lord tears down the house of the proud. 
those who resist his way, those, I think Shalom said it earlier, uh, sin is when you do things your way instead of God's way. That's sin. That's pride. And he called pride sin. If I tried to do it my way, there wouldn't be peace. That house wouldn't be covered the way it's covered right now. He tears down the house of, oh my gosh, the proud. But now let me tell you this. The next part of the scripture that I did, have, that I did not have you read, Shalom, it says, but he makes secure the boundaries of the consecrated widow. Miss Kathy is a consecrated widow. He makes her boundaries secure in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Lord, I thank you for that word. I'm excited to share it with her. I told her, anytime the Lord tells me something, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to keep you updated with what's going on. So this is a word for me to give to her. Bless the Lord. So even when it looks like, because it, it doesn't feel good not paying the rent. It doesn't feel good. Um, oh, no, I don't have it this much. And she never asks me about it. She never brings it up. She's so patient, so kind, so understanding. Just she... She honors the Lord, and she trusts the Lord, and I'm, I'm so grateful. I just bless her in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, when we try to do things our way, it does not succeed because the Lord will not have us thinking that we can do it on our own. He didn't create us to be on our own. John chapter 1, let's turn there. John chapter 1, verse 12. Please read it when you get it. And I would like it in the Amplified Classic, please. John chapter 1, verse 12. Yes, please. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, power, and privilege and right to become the children of God, that is, to those who believe and adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. Okay, so this is John chapter 1 talking about how Jesus came into the world. He was the light of the world, but the darkness comprehended him not. He came to his own. His own received him not. And then here in verse 12, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority the power, the privilege, and the right to become children of God. In the King James Version, it says the sons of God. And what that word means in the Greek is one who is utterly dependent on their father. When we receive Jesus, we receive, he, when we receive Jesus, God gave us the authority, the power, the privilege, and the right to become totally dependent on God for everything. It's like that all-expense-paid vacation. It's like everything's already taken care of. All you got to do is depend on him. And depending on him, you talk to him. And you hear what he says to you. And when he tells you to do something, you do it because that's the key to getting what he has for you. You, you don't, when God says, 
I want you to start this ministry. I want you to buy this property. I want you to do ABC. He never said to figure out how to pay for it. He already has the plan. It's in that all-inclusive package called salvation that we got when we made Jesus our Lord. And when we made him our Lord, when we received him, hallelujah, we got the authority, the go-ahead, to believe on him for everything. Hallelujah. Woo! When we made him our Lord, we got the privilege, thank you, Daddy, that I could depend on you for everything. And I know I will never lack because you are the giver of every good gift, of every perfect gift. and Everything you give me is going to work. It's going to work right. It's going to work well. Because that's just the kind of daddy you are. Oh, he's given me the right. I have the right. You know how we have the legal right to do something? We have the legal right to depend on God for everything. Shimba da I don't think I ever heard it that way before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I were you, I'd give God some praise and thank him for the revelation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay, we're getting ready to wrap up, but let's go to this last scripture because it, 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 it stems off of this. Matthew chapter 11. This is Jesus. Chapter 11. We're going to read verse, yeah, we'll read verses 28 and 29. Chapter Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 and 29 in the Amplified Classic. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, so much. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. Amen. So now let's look at this in the context of pride and humility but we just finished talking about how when we receive jesus when we make him our lord we receive the right to totally depend on god for everything well here in verse 29 jesus says take my yoke upon you and learn of me god's son the one who walks with him the one who totally depends on him the one who gets every prayer answered, the one who has victory in every situation. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart. That word, there's our word, humble, lowly in heart. And it speaks to how he depends on his heavenly father for everything. And what will happen 
when we learn of him and we learn to depend on God like he depends on God. He says, you will find rest, relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. That's what humility brings. It brings relief and ease and refreshment and recreation as well as recreation and blessed quiet for our souls. Why? Because we're not trying to depend on anything that we have to depend on anything that God, um, to do anything that God's telling us to do. We just come into agreement and alignment with him and flow in it. And like you said, God, I trust your judgment. Okay. And God, if you told me to do it, you're going to tell me how to do it. Okay. And God, if you told me to do it, you're going to give me everything I need to get it done. Okay. Compared to the one who builds his own house in pride, who has to toil and struggle and get the equipment and get the help and get the this and get the that. So now let's go back up to verse 28 here. I've never seen it this way. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, those who are trying to do it your own way. Those who are walking in pride. Remember we talked earlier about how God... Um, hates pride he doesn't hate the person he hates pride because of the results that it brings to his children it causes them to to turn up with an empty basket every time they put all this effort into it and they don't get to enjoy the fruits of their labors why because they're brought low because they fall he hates pride because pride is sin. Pride is missing the mark. And you miss the mark, miss the mark, miss the mark till your heart gets so cold that you don't even want to hit the mark anymore. And the wages of sin is death or separation from God. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want us to be brought low. He doesn't want us to meet with destruction. He doesn't want us to wear ourselves out and not enjoy. That's what he wants to do. He just wants to get all of his goodness to us. And when we do it our way, we don't get to experience his goodness the way that he intends because we're blocking ourselves from getting it. And so this scripture right here is proof that God doesn't hate, while he hates pride, he doesn't hate the person. Jesus so graciously says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened by trying to do it your own way by walking in pride, come, I'll cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. How? By teaching you. Because he says, come to, because he says, take my yoke upon you. Here, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And actually it's take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Because now we're walking side by side, equally yoked. And Jesus is the head yokesman, put it that way. And so when he turns, instead of us resisting and going the other way, we learn to turn with him. And when he dips, we don't stand straight up. We learn to dip with him. And when he stops, we don't keep going. We learn to stop with him. And when he starts moving, we don't stand with our heels in the mud. We learn to move with him. Glory to God. Here, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Learn how I do it. Uh, 
I am meek, I'm humble, I'm lowly in heart. I depend on my father for everything. So when he tells me to raise somebody from the dead, I don't have to worry about how it's going to be done. When he tells me to speak to the fig tree and tell it nobody's going to eat of it anymore, I don't have to worry about what's going to happen to that tree. When he tells me to put this person's ear back on, I don't have to worry about if it's going to stay. When he tells me to speak this, I don't have to worry about if it's going to come to pass. I'm totally dependent on him for everything. And when I do what he says, that he does what he does. Learn of me. I'm meek. I'm lowly in heart. And guess what? You'll find rest. Oh, you'll find that it's so much better to not have to depend on myself to do it. Oh, it's so much better not to have to do it all myself. Oh, it's so much better to trust him and to, to even if I don't know that he's going to come through, just to trust him and to allow him to prove himself to me until I grow in that area of trust. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I get to rest. I experience relief and ease and refreshment and even recreation because now I get to enjoy what I'm doing instead of toiling over it all the time. Oh, and blessed quiet. I, my, my wheels don't have to keep spinning. How am I going to get this done? Where is this going to come from? How is that going to happen? Blessed quiet for... My soul. Who? With humility, we get rest. Hallelujah. Rest from trying to figure out how we're going to do it ourselves. I'm going to say this because I hear it. It's even rest from the pressure of, oh, I got to keep this up because, you know, people think I'm all that in a bag of chips. What if I, and I, oh, I saw this. I used to experience this. I mean, in, in several areas, but I'm going to explain one particular area. I like to dress and everywhere I go, people take notice of the way I dress and Lots of times when they have categories, best dressed or diva or whatever, whatever, I would win. That's just the way it was. And so, you know, sometimes there are people who go to church just to see what you've got on. And then there are people who go to church to make sure they got something on every time they go. <laughs> and if they don't uh, have something or, or it's not a new outfit or it doesn't look just so, they don't go. Well, I wasn't that bad, but I did make sure I was sharp every time I went to church. And it got to the point where I can't wear that again. I just wore that two months ago. What are people going to think if I don't keep coming in with a new outfit? What are people going to do if I don't look as good in my outfit this time as I did last time? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? This goes beyond vain. This is pride. I have to keep up my appearances. I have to keep up this. Never mind people seeing the glory of the Lord on me. Never mind people saying, uh, uh, uh. no, no, no. I have to look good. Oh, I got a new car. Ooh, I need an outfit that looks as good as this car. 
Because what are people going to say if? And I felt like I had to keep up appearances. I had to continue to perform. And my performance couldn't stay on the same level. It had to constantly go up, 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 up. But my, oh my, when humility comes and you learn to walk in it, I could wear a potato sack and be comfortable. God's working on me. I'm not there yet. But I can see that I've come a long way. And I can see what God is doing in this recent work that's been taking place. So I'm grateful for that. But when we come and learn of Jesus, learn how to depend on God for everything, and learn that we don't have to depend on ourselves for anything. We don't have to depend on ourselves as to how to get something or how to do something. We don't have to depend on ourselves for the performance of that thing. And we don't have to depend on ourselves for the maintenance of that thing. Glory to God. If God says, I want you to um, sow this seed into this ministry every month, that's a matter of rejoicing because you know God's going to provide you the seed to sow the seed every month because it's not up to you to figure out how to get the seed. It's not up to you to figure out how to keep getting the seed. And lots of, lots of times that's what we do. You know, God comes through that first time. Ooh, praise God, praise God, praise God. And now it's time to do it the second time, you know, a few weeks later. And we're all depressed and downtrodden. Oh, oh, oh. Well, honey, if God did it the first time, don't you know he'll do it the next time and the next and the next? When we learn to become utterly dependent on God, not helpless and dependent, but confidently dependent because it's our right to depend on him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You still with me? Yep. All right. You have anything you'd like to say? Just this has been a good lesson. I'm just taking it in. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, so much for this treasure that you have opened up to us tonight. You're so faithful, so wonderful. You love us so much. I know you were excited to give that to us. You were like, oh, wait till they get to this point. Oh, wait, just wait, wait, wait. Oh, there it is, John. Chapter 1, verse 12. All right. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate you for ordering our steps, for directing our paths, for taking us on a treasure hunt through your word. Glory to God. We receive all that you have given us tonight, and we receive on the same level that you desire to give. We thank you for having pleasure in our prosperity. We align our pleasure with your pleasure. And we say that your pleasure is our pleasure. Thank you so much for this revelation. Thank you so much for the turnaround in our finances. Thank you so much. 
for growing us in humility. Thank you so much for awakening us to our right, our authority, our privilege to be utterly dependent on you. It is your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. You desire to place us as head above all nations. You desire to honor us. You desire to promote us. You desire to bless us. That's where your pleasure is. So, Lord, we take pleasure in giving you pleasure by receiving your pleasure. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.